Firm Foundation is an outreach of the Primitive Baptist Churches of DeKalb County. New Bildad Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Seven Springs community on New Bildad Road each Sunday morning at 10.30 and Wednesday night at 6.30. The Mount View Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Shiny Rock community on Old Blue Springs Road each Sunday morning at 10.30. Your speaker today is Elder Ricky Arnold, pastor at the Mount View Church. Well, I can begin with the sixth chapter 
of the book of Ephesians. We'll start about verse 18. Now each of these epistles, these letters that were written, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, these are all letters to churches. So what Paul instructs these churches would be good for his churches in all ages. Now Paul comes to his conclusion of his letter to the church at Ephesus and he asks them to pray. And that's where we're going to begin. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now the Apostle Paul has asked this church to watch and to pray with prayer and supplication, ask for the things that they need, that the church needs, with perseverance. They ought to be diligent. And there's a, there's a lesson for all of God's children in His churches in every age. We ought to be persistent and persevere in a prayer life for God's church and kingdom and God's people. Now what does he ask for? Verse 19, And for me. Now he wants them to pray for him specifically, and, and we ought to be praying for God's ministers wherever they may be in all, all places and all ages. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my bow, uh, mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul is asking the church that God would to pray for him, that God would grant him boldness. Now, the definition of the word bold here means with good courage, freely, plainness. Dear children, if we ever lived in a day and time and age where we need boldness in the proclamation of the truth of God's Word, it's today. We need to be plain about what God's Word says. Now, it doesn't. It, Paul didn't say he wanted to be lifted up with pride for the great things that he understood. He didn't want a pat on the back. He didn't want to be exalted. He wanted to be bold. And dear children, we need to be praying that God's ministry in this day and age is bold. In the book of Galatians, Paul writing to the church at Galatia, I want to make note of something else that that he makes mention of here. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let them be accursed. Now what's, what's Paul saying? If there's any variation to the truth of God, God's word, if there's any variation in what you hear or what's being preached other than a great big God and a little bitty man, other than salvation by the sovereign grace of God, other than the whole counsel of God, if they're preaching anything else, Paul says, let them be accursed. In other words, cut that off. And dear children, there's a lot of things proclaimed in the world in which we live in that need to be cut off. 
Because they're not God-honoring and they don't uphold the things that His Word teaches. Now, it says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Now, what's Paul saying? Dear children, there's a lot in this world that's about pleasing man and trying to draw man in and, and, and make him feel good. Make him feel warm and fuzzy. I remember one preacher said that warm and fuzzy is how you feel just before you pass out. The truth of the matter is, dear children, Paul says, I want to be bold in the proclamation of the truth, and we need to be bold in the proclamation of God's Word, and the ministry needs to be bold in this day. And he says, who am I trying to please? If we're trying to please men, if we're trying to win men's approval, if we're trying to gain men's applause, we cease to be the church or the servant of Jesus Christ. Because the one we are supposed to, to, to please first is Him. Now, dear children, God's ministers down through the ages have been sent to proclaim some bold things in some desperate times. I want to look at just a few of those tonight if God will be your helper. And in the book of Amos, in the book of Amos, and while you're turning there, I'll give you some background. Amos was not a prophet. When I say that, that was not his profession. There were men that spent their whole lives as prophets for God. But Amos was a herdsman. And God called him. He called a plain and simple man to claim a bold message to the, his own people. And dear children, we need that in this day greatly. And it's not about the status of the man. It's about the power of the truth. Now Amos goes and he proclaims all of the... It's a time of relative peace and prosperity for the nation of Israel when Amos comes on the scene, but they have slid a long way down. And Amos begins to, pay, to, to proclaim God's Word, and God is passing judgment on all these heathen nations around His people. And He begins to proclaim, uh, proclaim judgment on uh, Gaza and Damascus and all these different nations and he says for three transgressions and four for three transgressions and four what's he mean he means for one sin after the other god says i won't withhold judgment chastisement was coming why because they were doing wrong now look in chapter 2 in the book of amos chapter 2 and verse 4 it says thus saith the lord for three transgressions of Judah and for four. I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they have despised the law of the Lord and have not kept His commandments and their, their lies cause them to err after the which their fathers have walked. But I will send a fire upon Judah and shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not turn away punishment. Therefore, because they sold the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of shoes, they pant after the dust of the earth on the head of the poor and turn aside the way of the meek. And, ha- and a man and his father will go into the same maid to profane my holy name. And they lay themselves down upon clothes laid to pledge by every altar, and they drink wine and, uh, of the 
condemned in the house of their God. Small g-o-d. Now what has God just said? He pronounces judgment on all these nations around Israel and when he comes to Judea and Israel, the people that are supposed to be his people, he says for three transgressions and four. For one sin after the other. What's he telling them, Brother Ronnie? He says, I can't tell any difference in you than the people around you. We're not supposed to be like that as children of God and following God. We're not supposed to be like the world. We're not supposed to desire to be like the world. But bless your heart, dear children, here's a simple man, a herdsman. Now, was he bold in his proclamation? You better believe he was. Because this wasn't a popular message. And dear children, when we stand up that God is a sovereign God, that He's a powerful God, that He is a God of grace and He's a God of mercy, and salvation is only by His grace and mercy, not by man's works, not by their uh, whatever they can do. It's about what God can do. And what God said is right is still right, and what God said is wrong is still wrong. And when you proclaim that, that's not a popular message. Because... Oh, we don't want to condemn anybody. Well, God's Word does. If if it's sin, it's sin. We don't need to sugarcoat it. Men of God that that were bold. Look right over in the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah, I'm like... I'm like Brother Michael Goins. He said when he... Brother Goins said when he is ordained that... He had, he had the prospect that he might get a convert every once in a while. But he said, I don't know if I could have stood up to Jeremiah's commission. Jeremiah was sent knowing full well they were not going to listen to him. The Lord said they're not going to listen. Now, you think he had a bold message? He most certainly did. You go to Jeremiah chapter 19. We'll end chapter 19. And we'll read about a verse or two over in chapter 20. So in Jeremiah chapter 19, let's start at verse 14. Then came Jeremiah from Tophet, whether the Lord had sent him to prophesy, he stood in the court of the Lord's house and said unto the people. Now he's right at God's temple in the city of Jerusalem. He's at the place of worship and he preaching to all the people. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will bring upon this city and upon all her towns all the evil that I have pronounced against it because they have hardened their necks and they, that they might not hear my word. Now what did, what did Jeremiah do? Was he bold? He went right to where the people were worshiping, supposed to be worshiping God, and proclaimed a message, God's going to chastise you for your disobedience. Now was that well received? No. You read in the next chapter. Now, Pasher, the son of Emir, the priest, who was also chief governor of the house of the Lord. This man is supposed to be the man in charge of God's house. Heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things, and Pasher smote Jeremiah the prophet and put him in stocks that were in the gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. What did this man do? He he smote Jeremiah. He hit him. That's what smote means, to take your fist and hit. He hit him and had him arrested. He had him put in chains. Did that change Jeremiah's mind? No. Now, the point that I'm making here is 
we need boldness. Now, I'm not saying we're trying to go out and disobey the law, but Jeremiah wasn't trying to disobey the law. He's proclaiming the truth. Now, when you proclaim the truth, sometimes it won't go down well. But the fact is, right's still right and wrong's still wrong. You look in the book of Acts, and I won't read all of these passages for time, that you know that uh, Peter and, and John went up to the temple about the uh, ninth hour. You know, they healed the lame man there. And what happened? They were arrested. So they they threatened them, turned them loose again, and you go right over into the fifth chapter of the book of Acts, about verse 17. And it says, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, were filled with indignation, and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Now let's get this picture. Peter and John have done been arrested once for standing up for the truth of Jesus Christ and doing His work. Now the whole set of the apostles have been have made the religious establishment of the day angry. So they had them arrested. And the angel of the Lord come and set them free. And then He said, run! No, that's not what He said, is it? He said, you go right back where you were arrested at and you boldly proclaim the same word again. And you read on, you will find that they were... that. Uh, Gamaliel, they, they thought about killing them. Oh, Gamaliel said, if, you, if, you know, if this is of God, you can't fight against God. And that's the truth of the matter. God's going to have His Word proclaimed, Brother Jimmy and Brother Ronnie, that regardless of what else the world says, somebody's going to be giving witness to the truth of, of a sovereign God who does His will somewhere on this earth when He comes back again. Now we need to be praying that that kind of boldness will come among God's ministers again here in this day, in this age, in His church. And when they were, they threatened them and beat them, they turned them loose. And you come down to the end of the fifth chapter, and they departed from the presence of the high council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. Dear children, are we are we willing, as the apostle Paul said, to spend and be spent? They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ, dear children. And standing for the truth may create suffering. It may create those that will turn against you, but the truth is still truth and the right still right. Yeah. We need the boldness of the power of a sovereign God. Right. So what ought we to proclaim? Alright. Let's look at what we ought to proclaim. In the book of Isaiah, and you've heard me read this no telling how many times over the years. In Isaiah chapter 46, let's understand what the Word proclaims truly. That God's Word harmonizes from Genesis to Revelations. It doesn't matter where you're reading. It's going to link together. There's no contradiction in God's Word. So let's look at what God knows. In Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9, it says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, I will do all my pleasure, calling a ravenous bird from the east, 
the man that executeth my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass, I have purposed it, I will also do it. Now, what did God declare? He declared the end. When did He do it? From the very beginning. My God knows all there is to know. Like one brother said, my God's large and in charge. And that's just exactly how it is, dear children. This world may be out of my control, and it may be out of your control, but it has never been out of His control. And dear children, we need to proclaim that kind of God. People not, you know, I've just started reading through the book of Proverbs again, and it says the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. There's a lot of people that they may have a big degree hanging on the wall, but they don't have a lot of knowledge because they don't have respect for God. Because we need to see God for who He is. Now God, what did He say He'd do? He said He'd do all His pleasure. That's the God we need to proclaim. In the book of Colossians, so we want to boldly proclaim the Gospel. We want to boldly proclaim, we ought to be praying that God's minister would have boldness. Well, what in boldness and what we ought to speak? Well, let's, let's examine that. In Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 13, Let me just back up to verse 10. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. There's a job for every child of God, increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us to be made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now these are all these wonderful things that God has done for us. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Who did the work of redemption? Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? Who's delivered us from the power of Satan? Who's delivered us from our own sins? Well, God did. It didn't say I did. It didn't say the preacher helped him. It said God did. That's the truth that I want to boldly proclaim. Now, and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. That's what He's talking about in the book of Ephesians when talking about adoption of children. He decided to take children from the family of Adam, the fallen race of man, and put them into the glorious family of God. That's God's work. Amen. That needs to be boldly proclaimed. In whom, verse 14, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and are in earth, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. Now who's the head of the church? Jesus is. And since He's the head, He ought to have the preeminence. In other words, He ought to be first. He ought to be first in everything we do about our lives. I'm going to, I'm going to be like the Apostle Paul. In the day and age in which we live, we see so much that is evil and ungodly in this world and is pulling God's people in a thousand different directions. We need boldness. 
We need to pray that God will strengthen His church and His kingdom to stand for what's truth and right and to declare the whole counsel of God. Yes, we're saved by God's grace, but there's a responsibility for us to give Him the preeminence in our lives that He is the Lord of our lives. That needs to be proclaimed. It needs to be taught. Look right over in the uh, same first chapter. Go down to about verse 25 here in Colossians. (coughs) Excuse me. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God even the mystery which hath been hid from all ages, from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Dear children, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect, mature, that's what that word perfect means, in Christ Jesus. Wherefore I also labor striving according to his working which worketh in me mightily. Now what did Paul say to these people here? He's made a minister for what cause? For the dispensation of, of, of the truth of God to make known these mysteries that Christ in us the hope of glory. If you love the Lord, it's because He loved you first. And you ought to be a follower of Him. We preach, warning every man. Dear children, we ought to call on God's people to repent and turn back to Him. If you read in in, uh, 2 Chronicles, I believe it's 7.14, and we look at all the commotion and all the turmoil that we see in the world around us and in our nation... It's, and, and what did God tell Solomon to pray there in Second Chronicles? It says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land. Dear you children, do you believe our land needs healing today? Amen. Well, then we need some bold proclamation of God's Word. Yeah. And we need to turn back to Him because... That healing's not going to come through a political process. It's only can come through God. Right. Now, what did Paul instruct the young preacher Timothy to do? Preach the word. You know, he didn't tell him to put on a show or add this or that or something else. He told him to preach the word. And we need a bold proclamation of the truth today. And I'm going to end in the book of Jude. Right before we get to the book of Revelations, I'll read a couple of verses. Jude. Verse 3, Beloved, when I, ha- when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Let, before I comment, let me read this fourth verse. For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of God, our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. What did he say? They were, they were ungodly men that he crept in and created trouble. They're still here. There's ungodly men creating problems. What did he say? That we ought to contend for the faith. 
The word contend is to struggle. We are to contend. We are to struggle for the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Pray. Paul said, pray for me. I want you to pray for every one of God's ministers. I want that to make it our, our duty and our job to pray for boldness, to proclaim God's truth. May the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Thank you for listening. You may write to the Firm Foundation in care of Ricky Arnold, 328 R. Arnold Road, Smithville, Tennessee, 37166. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you is my prayer.